Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we have some exciting news about us. Instead of other people were talking about us today, why? Because we've launched a strategic television partnership with our good friends at Real America's Voice, the fast-rising digital TV network. You can get on Dish Network on on the uh, app that they have out in the iOS and, and Android markets. And I'll tell you one exciting place to watch it. If you haven't tried the platform Pluto, I call it the future of cable television. It's actually an on-demand TV network. You get it across the internet. It's an app where you get it on your television, on your internet. Pluto is an amazing way to watch uh, Real America's Voice, our new partner. But in the next couple of days, you're going to start to see just the news reporters appearing on all of the shows. And then within a few days after that, you're going to see our first just the news television shows. Yep, we're getting into the TV business with people like Carrie Sheffield, our White House correspondent. She's going to have a morning show called Just the News AM every morning at 9 o'clock. Should be starting within a week or two. Uh, David Brody, you've seen him do a lot of big stories for us at Just the News. Interviewed the president and the vice president for us, uh, Vice President Pence, President Trump, recently. Well, he's going to have his own show called The Water Cooler with David Brody on at 4 o'clock Eastern each day. And at 6 o'clock, a brand new talent, a man you first might remember was a Navy SEAL, then the governor of Missouri, now one of Just the News' new anchors, Eric Greitens will be joining for a 6 o'clock show called Actionable Intelligence. And uh, believe it or not, yes, they're dragging me into the studio. There's rumor I'm going to be doing a Sunday show called Just the New Sundays. Um, Stay tuned on that. They'll have to get me in there and throw a lot of makeup on. But... We're going we're gonna to try to create a new Sunday show that goes up against Chris Wallace and, and uh, Meet the Press and all of the standard fare. All the Sunday shows have been doing it the same way for so long. I want to throw it up in the air and reassemble Sunday television with a new look, a new idea. And guess what? We're going to get you involved. All right. We've got a great show today. Uh, the amazing, the one, the only Lou Dobbs from Fox Business News is here to join us for the whole hour. We've got... Uh, a lot to talk about elections, Supreme Court nomination, but most importantly, here's a big one. You ready for this? He's got a new book out, The Trump Century, How a Single President Changed History Forever. Uh, Great book. We're going to be talking to Lou about that. Of course, we got to ask him about China because he and the president and Michael Pillsbury were the three most influential voices on China long before Joe Biden flip-flopped and recognized it belatedly that China's a threat to America. Lou Dobbs was highlighting the dangers, the threats, the competition, uh, the national security and economic uh, security threats that that Beijing posed. We're going to talk to him about that and how much the dialogue in Washington has changed the last few years uh, because of the premonitions and and good advice that people like Lou Dobbs, the president, and uh, Michael Pillsbury all brought to our attention. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come out, of that break. I'm going to do a quick rundown. Tomorrow, Wednesday, expect Senator Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley, to release her Ukraine report probably sometime early in the morning. I'm going to tell you what's in it early. You're going to get it here first. And then, without much delay, we're going to get right to the one and only Lou Dobbs for a great one-on-one interview here at John Solomon Reports. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks. 
Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As promised, we are going to get in a few seconds to the amazing and very important uh, interview we have with uh, Lou Dobbs, the Fox Business Channel anchor, uh, China expert, a guy who really understands President Trump and has a new book out called The Trump Century that you do not want to miss. This is a book, has a lot of insights and predicts where we're headed over the next century as a result of just the first four years of President Trump's uh, hold in Washington. So very important uh, story to to tackle going forward. And uh, before we do that, though, I want to get you ready for what I think is going to be a very big moment uh, tomorrow in Washington, D.C. Senator Ron Johnson, chairman of the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, Senator Chuck Grassley, chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, are going to release a joint report. Rare for two committees to join together. They're going to reveal all that they learned in their one-year investigation of all things Ukraine and Russia, and specifically what went on with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden in Ukraine. Yes, remember that story, the one that gave us. And let's let's just say this now: I have a little bit of insight where this is going. I've been doing a lot of reporting on this. I want to give you a sense of what you might get tomorrow when this very momentous, important report goes here. I think the top line is. You won't believe how much this story has moved since impeachment. If you remember, it was a year ago this month when Adam Schiff and Elliot Engel and all of those Democrats in the House began their impeachment proceedings at the urging and leadership of uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker. And in that March, remember what their message was. It was inappropriate for President Trump to seek an investigation of Joe and Hunter Biden in Ukraine because there was no there there. Anything you want to talk about, the Bidens, well, they called it a pure and discredited conspiracy theory. Hmm. I didn't think so. I wrote many of the stories that started that scandal. And uh, if you remember, there was a guy named Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. He went and testified. None of my stories were right. Well, I got news for you. Tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning, in Washington, D.C., in the U.S. Senate, Senators Johnson and Grassi are going to divulge their findings. And I'll guarantee you, that much of what they found validates everything that I reported at the Hill and at Just the News. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. It was the truth, real facts. So let's go through what I think will be some of the big findings uh, in this very momentous and important report, which, by the way, is released less than 40 days from Election Day. This should inform everyone's decision about whether they vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I know there are people on both sides of that fence, and there's a lot of arguments for and against both. I just want to give you the facts so you can make up your own mind. So let's get to the first fact that will be unassailable. It will be proven. Joe Biden did, in fact, force the firing of the Ukraine prosecutor general, their attorney general, a guy named Viktor Shokin, in March of 2016. He did so by threatening to withhold $1 billion in USA to Ukraine. And at the moment he did so, at the moment he leveraged Ukraine's then-President Petro Poroshenko to fire Viktor Shokin, Viktor Shokin had an active and expanding investigation of, yes, Burisma Holdings, the natural gas company that was uh, employing Hunter Biden as a board member. Now, why is that important? People say, well, no big deal, no harm, no foul. Well, State Department officials have come forward in these Senate investigations and testified they believed that Vice President Joe Biden created the appearance of a conflict of interest. By the way, that's prohibited under federal ethics laws. You may not engage in an actual conflict of interest or the appearance of a conflict of interest. Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, John Kerry's State Department officials are going to be quoted in the report, I believe, as saying they perceive a... Uh, uh, the appearance of a conflict of interest, which, as I just said, is prohibited by um, 
U.S. ethics law. Why is that important? Well, Joe Biden was leading the U.S. anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine. Ukraine is notoriously corrupt, endemically corrupt. Not anyone on the right or the left that would disagree with that assessment. It was Joe Biden's uh, job as the chief of U.S.-Ukraine policy under President Obama to lead the anti-corruption um, uh, uh, efforts in, US, in Ukraine, U.S.-funded efforts. At the same time, his son was sitting on the board of a company under Ukrainian corruption investigation. What these State Department officials are likely to say, what the scenario of the report is likely to paint, is that Joe Biden's effort, his decision to stay on board and to continue to lead U.S.-Ukraine policy, the anti-corruption efforts, directly undercut uh, our efforts because his son was sitting on one of those boards and Biden, Joe Biden, was perceived as undercutting the efforts to investigate that board. Whether that was his intention or not, it does not matter under the law. Even if you had good intentions, if you knew you had a conflict of interest or you were about to create the appearance of a conflict of interest, Joe Biden should have recused himself. Now, why was it such an appearance and maybe an actual conflict of interest? Well, let's take a look at what we'll know comes out because we've already reported it on Just the News. The Burisma firm... Uh, had hired American lawyers at a Democratic firm called Blue Star Strategies, and they were lobbying mightily the State Department to get the U.S. State Department, the one that reported to Joe Biden on Ukraine policy, to get them to drop or force Ukrainian prosecutors to drop these whole corruption allegations, the narrative, the investigations. The Blue Star contacts reached as high as the Undersecretary of State, Catherine Novelli, uh, in February 16 in Washington, and they also reached to the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich. Remember, she was an impeachment witness. She said that the Burisma matter really wasn't on her radar. That was her testimony. Well, you're going to find out tomorrow, as I've reported, because I sued and got these documents released by the State Department, Marie Ivanovich had significant contacts with Burisma through their lawyer, through their lobbyists at a December meeting, through intermediaries, including representatives, of uh, a uh, foreign policy think tank in Washington. All of them were pressuring the State Department, and some of them were invoking, you got it, Hunter Biden's name. That's why the conflict of interest statutes exist, so that a relative of a high elected official like Joe Biden can't leverage, can't uh, extort, can't pressure using the name of their, of, of their elected official. So Hunter Biden's name is being invoked at the State Department as a reason why the State Department needs to intervene. That's how you get to this conflict of interest, this appearance issue that I expect State Department officials will uh, there. But that wasn't the only concern the State Department. The State Department wasn't only concerned that there might be the appearance of a conflict of, of interest prohibited under federal ethics laws. They were also concerned because in late December 2014, January, February of 2015, they detected evidence. They learned that Burisma uh, had paid a $7 million bribe to the Ukrainian prosecutors in an effort to make the case go away. This bribe was detected while Hunter Biden was on the board. It was reported to the FBI. Uh, it is recorded in documents I obtained under FOIA from the State Department by a guy named George Kent. He was the guy with the bow tie during the impeachment proceedings. House Democrats stared away from all of this evidence during impeachment, but we now know George Kent believed Burisma made a corrupt act. It paid a $7 million bribe to Ukraine, and that bribe resulted in some aspects of the corruption investigation in Ukraine uh, being closed down by the Ukrainian prosecutors who benefited from that bribe. So on the anti-corruption watch of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's company, Burisma was engaged in alleged corruption, according to the State Department. That's how bad this got. That's all the stuff that the Democrats kept from the American public during their impeachment proceedings. It's all coming out now. It's all coming back to roost. This is going to be one of the findings, I believe, in the report. Now, that isn't the only concern. George Kent learned that while after Hunter Biden joined the Burisma board, that Burisma secured a contract, a business relationship, participation in a USAID program, that is the foreign policy arm, funding arm, uh, foreign policy aid arm of the State Department. They got a contract after Hunter Biden uh, existed. It wasn't about the money. It was about the re affiliation, the partnership. 
Burisma could claim we must not be corrupt because we're doing business with the State Department under this clean energy program. As soon as George Kent, the guy with the bow tie, the guy that just reported that $7 million bribe, as soon as he found out that Burisma had gotten this relationship with USAID, he killed it. Why? Because he believed Burisma was corrupt and did not deserve the reputational gain, the relationship with being affiliated with the U.S. State Department. So that's how much Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, George, uh, John Kerry's staff believed Burisma was a problem. They were canceling contracts. They were reporting bribes. They foresaw a uh, conflict of interest with Joe Biden. And they even tied, I think you're going to learn tomorrow in this report, uh, Joe, uh, uh, George Kent, that guy with the bow tie, the famous State Department diplomat, he even went at one point to try to alert uh Joe Biden's team and their staff to the concerns that how this was an appearance of a conflict of interest, how this was undercutting U.S. anti-corruption activities in Ukraine. And they got the cold shoulder, uh, stiff arm, a uh, don't bother us now. We don't want to talk about this now. So that's another concern. Three big concerns, bribery, appearance of a conflict of interest, inappropriate contractual relationship with a corrupt Ukraine company where the vice president's son sat on the board. But guess what? The big headline isn't just that the State Department was concerned about Burisma and Hunter Biden. It also was that the U.S. Treasury Department, an agency known as FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, the agency that looks for money laundering and inappropriate foreign influence through bank accounts, they flagged, I believe you're going to learn in this report tomorrow, several transactions flowing into Hunter Biden-connected um, companies, firms, um, they, they flagged financial transactions coming in globally, foreign financial transactions flowing into these Hunter Biden connected accounts as suspicious as something that should be investigated. And the question I believe tomorrow's report will raise is, did the FBI, did the appropriate authorities turn a blind eye to these suspicious activity reports because they involved, yep, you got it, the vice president's son, Hunter Biden. So, a year ago, we heard nothing there. There are no smoke there. It's a conspiracy theory. Now you will learn tomorrow it was anything but a conspiracy theory. There were legitimate, serious concerns about Hunter Biden, Burisma, the Bidens, and the appearance of a conflict of interest, money laundering, bribery, all wrapped into the fears, the worries of the career bureaucrats under the Joe Biden, Barack Obama administration. And it all got swept under the rug. I first reported it in 2019 at the Hill. Lord knows I took a beating for that. But now, tomorrow, Judgment Day, Revelation Day, the big reveal, those concerns I wrote about were real. They were documented. They were carried by people in the Treasury Department, the State Department. There was the appearance of a conflict of interest. I believe that'll be the fine, one of the findings of the report tomorrow. And we're going to learn this because two senators, that's right, Chuck Grassley, Ron Johnson had the courage, the determination to persevere and get us the truth. I bet you're going to find out some other bombshells. I bet you some Democrats in Congress are going to have an uneasy time tomorrow when we find out they were among those being lobbied by Burisma to make the corruption allegations go away. I guess they forgot to tell us all this during impeachment. Imagine how different the impeachment proceedings would have been if the American public had been provided this information by Mike Pompeo, State Department, which didn't provide it, by President Trump's lawyers, which didn't really dig into it after Rudy Giuliani got it started. History could have been changed by these revelations, but they're going to be changed tomorrow. We're going to learn about these things tomorrow. And uh, what I would say is tune in all day tomorrow to justthenews.com. We're going to be writing and reporting and extracting all of the revelations from this momentous historic report joint report coming out from Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley in the Senate tomorrow. All right, we're going to go to that commercial break. And when we get back, I promise you, the one, the only Lou Dobbs is here. We have the great Fox Business News in-house to talk about the election and all that's going on in Washington. And in particular, all that we should be concerned about the emerging and continuing threat of China as an economic and military superpower challenging American supremacy around the globe. Lou Dobbs in a few seconds, right after these a very important message from our very special sponsors and advertisers. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home 
isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, an extremely special guest, the one, the only, Lou Dobbs from Fox Business News and one of the great journalists of our generation. Lou, welcome to the show. Well, John, it's great to be with you, and thanks for inviting me. It's uh, it's always uh, fun to talk with you. It is an honor, and uh, this new book you have out is amazing. If you folks, if you haven't grabbed it, you got to go to Amazon.com. You got to go to Lou Shop, Lou Dobbs Shop The Trump Century: How One President Changed the Course of History Forever. This is the defining book of the Trump presidency. Lou has put some incredible work in there, and you know we tend to look in and the world today in short segments, Twitter bites, and but uh, and a few moments of history. What's happening in the next forty-eight hours? Lou drops back and looks at 50,000 feet, just how much America and the world has changed because of this one president. And uh, it is a must read book. Grab it, take it to take it on the beach this weekend, wherever you're going. Uh, this is a must read book. So Lou, I want to start off. There's an amazing anecdote. I think it's in the preface of the book, but you're actually, we're just writing this back in Memorial Day during the middle of the pandemic. Did I, did I read that right? Yes, uh, you, you did. And the fact is, you know, it, it was my uh, final uh, write through on, uh, you know, after working for months on the book, obviously. Right. But uh, I, to th- see where we've come just in that short time, uh, it's actually a very short time, as you know, uh, between uh, your, your final uh, manuscript and uh, publication. But That's my true. goodness, to see all that has transpired. Over the course of this, uh, these nine months of 2020 is just stunning stuff. It is remarkable. It's almost as though impeachment is a distant memory because so much has happened. Peace in the Middle East. And uh, this month, uh, although the, most of the mainstream media ignored it, but the lowest poverty numbers in American history achieved under this president, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Uh, these are historic things that happen once in a generation. And I think that's the the point that uh, you so powerfully make in this book, what is it about Donald Trump that makes him such a game changer? Whether you love him or hate him, uh, you can't deny how much impact he's had. What about this man makes him so powerful, agent of change? Well, you know, my view of it, John, is, is pretty straightforward, as you might expect. Uh, he is, uh, first of all, he's a very bright man. Uh, he's not given credit for that. And as right. you know, most people on the left are the rhinos. They want to talk about Donald Trump as if he is some sort of, some sort of lucky fellow. He is lucky, by the way. Uh, but he's also very intelligent, highly high energy. Right. Uh, and no one wants to give him credit, John. They, yeah. You know, the people on the left, the rhinos will say, you know, he's got great instincts. Sure, he was right about interest rates. He was about trade. He was right about <laughs> tariffs. He was right about, you know, whatever you yeah, want to talk about. He's been right. There, yeah. But instead of instead of saying, you know, he really makes great decisions, wonderful judgment, a, a bright, bright mind. No, they will say, you know, he's got good instincts and a very good gut. You know, they just will do anything but say he's a smart man making terrific decisions. He's a courageous man making tough decisions and doing an amazing job as the leader of the free world. They just won't. Those words just won't come to them. Uh, Something in their DNA uh, absolutely blocks them. You think about just even this month, the dual historic uh, deals in the Middle East with the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain uh, uh, signing historic recognition and peace deals and commerce deals with Israel. In any other presidency, that would dominate the headlines for days and days. Um, and in this environment, it barely makes the front page of any newspapers. And uh, the liberals and the rhinos are talking about canceling the Nobel Peace Prize because, oh, my God, Donald Trump just got nominated for it. <laughs> It's almost the insanity. It's beyond belief. 
can you believe Jeffrey Goldberg calls for the end of the Nobel Peace Prize because well, Donald Trump has been nominated not once but twice in one week for two separate uh, achievements. I mean, it's, it's stunning stuff. It is stunning, and uh, uh, perhaps the greatest um, failure in this period of the Trump uh, presidency has been the media itself, which I know you've long had great suspicions about, and uh, they have uh, they have really ruined themselves in this. But when you look at this, and you know the founding fathers always thought a free press was important. How did the media get so far astray? You've been in this business a long time. You've seen it change. You know how you were raised to, to be in, as a journalist. How did we get so far astray, particularly in the last five years? I think that it began uh, in earnest, uh, obviously, uh, with Watergate. But still, the the veil of objectivity, uh, neutrality, right. uh, was in place and retained for the most part. You know, there are obvious exceptions uh, throughout that time. But when we saw the economic uh, power consolidate around AT and T, uh, Comcast, uh, Disney. Uh, these huge corporate powerhouses that took over, and of course, uh, Amazon.com taking over uh, uh, the Washington Post. Uh, we're looking at an extraordinary concentration of economic power and concentration of media power. The Washington Post, Great the point. New York Times, ABC, NBC, CBS, Comcast uh, owning all of NBC's uh, former properties, AT&T owning CNN. It, it it is just it is just a un, it's just an unsustainable level of power to hold in such concentrated hands. The, that's why President Trump is calling for the breakup of the oligarchs of Silicon Valley, right? Because their power is the only countervailing, reasonably equivalent power uh, to that of the media power concentrated in the hands of what uh, twelve entities uh, in this country. It's stunning stuff, and we have to admit that any other country, we would be calling these people oligarchs we would. Uh, who control this, and, but you don't hear that word. Now, we hear billionaires. Uh, we hear the richest man uh, or woman uh, in, in the world. Uh, it's, it's, it's time for the American people to realize this power is working against this country. That's why this president is working for them. Uh, he is the guy who's turned it around, and that's the reason he's savaged by the left, uh, much of the right, the establishment, uh, the media, uh, and obviously the the radical Dems, because he has turned the turned everything uh, on its head for the establishment and those who believe that the, the you know, ultimate power on the left should reside with great dependency on the part of those least fortunate. He is achieving great things, uh, historic low unemployment for blacks, uh, historic low unemployment for the country, uh, historic uh, low unemployment uh, for Hispanics and, uh, and and women. Haven't seen these levels of unemployment uh, since, uh, well, in 65 years. I mean, what he's achieved is just remarkable. It is. And uh, every day there is a new development in, in, in the Trump agenda, the Trump economy, the, the Trump doctrine. And I think that's another part of this that uh, people haven't begun to fully embrace, uh, probably because the media hasn't covered it this way. Uh, he has created a new foreign policy doctrine. I think it looks a lot like uh, the Reagan uh, peace through strength, which is we don't capitulate, we don't appease, we hold strong to our values, and we make other other countries enemies, frenemies, and friends bend to the, the righteous ways of the, uh, of the American way. Um, how much uh, could you have imagined in 2015 or 16 that our foreign policy would be so evolved that China would be uh, on its tail, uh, reeling, and uh, peace would be breaking out in the Middle East, and there'd be no ISIS, and you don't hear from al-Qaeda very much either. Uh, right. Iran lost its top terror maker. Uh, this is a fundamental shift. A America first doctrine now has a foreign policy doctrine that goes with it, doesn't it? It, it does, I, and I think of them, John, is is melded, uh, making America great, putting America first, peace through strength. Uh, it re it's a recognition on the part of the uh, the Trump presidency that economic security underlies uh, everything that this nation does. We have to have tremendous uh, economic growth and power uh, and prosperity. 
to support the American dream, the basic uh, that's the core of America, uh, the American middle class, the American dream, the mobility, the people in our country, uh, over 300 million people. The people who make up the middle class are not static. They are people who aspire to the middle class, who right. come from poverty, uh, abject poverty in many cases, and rise uh, up through our society. And that's the design uh, of this country. And, he, and the president, a, a great patriot uh, and, a, and a, a terrific historian, for which he's not given credit either, uh, he understands uh, what this nation was founded upon, and he means to see this country achieve its destiny. And that can only be done by putting America first. And that doctrine, uh, whether it's in foreign policy, whether it's in domestic policy, uh, has served us all <laughs> in this country well. Because yeah. for, it, it's raised the question, if, if not America first, what country would you put first, That's America? Right. That's, <laughs> an, that's one that the Democrats that, can't answer. It, it is absolutely cannot. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's a, um, uh, it's it is the question that I think as we get closer to the election, people will ask us, if not America first, what first? If not Donald Trump, what do we get as the alternative? And the more I think people look at that alternative, there are some very hard questions you have to ask yourself. Can we live in America? where there's no gas and no uh, airplanes. Can we live in right. America <clears throat> where uh, we're always apologizing to uh, our enemies like China and Iran? It's remarkable how much he yeah. uh, changed that dialogue from where we were in 1516. When I'm reading your book, I, I put some f notes here because there's so many great turns of phrases and so many great points about just how much the world changed from you know January 19th, 2017. On January 19th, 2017, 17 people were saying the middle class couldn't grow. It was stagnant forever. Uh, right. We couldn't build a wall. Uh, we can't take on China. The uh, economy, uh, the Wall Street would collapse. Uh, we can't um, uh, uh, say no to violence. We can't uh, let our police continue to bring law and order. And step by step, he's disproven every one of those when voters go in now in this final month, they're going to get barraged with ads on Facebook and thing. They're going to have the sure. debates. Uh, what is the fundamental question that you think this election turns on? I, I think it's a question that uh, is not asked often enough. And that is, uh, what are we not talking about that we were talking about in 2016? <laughs> That's a profound and question. We no longer hear the words free trade, do we? No. No one talks about free trade because they now realize because of Donald Trump that free trade cost us trillions of dollars in economic growth, that 50 consecutive years of trade deficits and almost that number in budget deficits have cost this country tremendously. Uh, he put that argument to rest when academics would not, scholars would not, the business establishment and Wall Street would uh, insisted upon lying to the American people. The Chamber of Commerce now, the greatest, the strongest, most uh, lavish lobbying group in Washington is now on the fringes. It is irrelevant. It's amazing. Uh, it is seeking relevance again. Right. But he has crushed the Chamber of Commerce, the business roundtable, whether it's by stopping visas for foreign workers who uh, would come to this country to take American jobs, whether it is the outsourcing of jobs to cheap foreign labor markets so that Corporate, uh, corporate America, particularly U.S. multinationals, uh, could exercise our labor arbitrage right. uh, and, again, depress wages. That's why wages for the middle class were basically stagnant for two decades, John, because the presidents who preceded him, the three I mentioned, right. uh, uh, simply sold out America. It is just, and he reversed the decline. There's no longer an argument. America is still the most exceptional nation on earth because this president insisted on recognizing who we are. Uh, previous presidents wanted to whisper American exceptionalism. He shouts it from the rooftops. Uh, they also, uh, what else do we not hear? We don't hear that, you know, we have to just be very careful with China. We mustn't upset anyone. We have to let them steal our intellectual property. This president said no, and by God, he has followed through. And speaking of God, he has put God back in the public arena. He has. The public square 
you can speak of faith, you can speak of God, and you and you are welcome uh, to do so in Donald Trump's uh, uh, era. It's really remarkable, and those are changes, by the way, that I think will persist, as I as the title of the book implies, uh, for at least a century. Yeah, that's what's he, his energy, his uh, his vision, and his ability to to do the unexpected, including argue with, the, oh my goodness, the august chairman of the Federal Reserve, Donald <laughs> Trump, dared do that? Well, Donald Trump dared to do that because the Federal Reserve chairman, idiotically, raised rates without That's any true. sign of inflation four yeah. times. The president knew that that would crush economic growth, and he stopped it. And he stopped it despite the left-wing media um, biting at his ankles throughout and, and trying to to stop the Trump agenda, just as they have on every major issue. And he has prevailed on every major issue. I had the pleasure, and, and you just mentioned China. I had the pleasure recently to talk to a, a senior U.S. intelligence official who's talked about just how much um, we've been able to push China back in the box uh, when it comes to uh, aggressive behavior militarily-wise, uh, right. uh, economic espionage. There's all these cases that the Bill Barr Justice Department are bringing of these academics who were cheating, hiding, stealing IP and sending it to China for a fee. Um, and and he, I said to him, he said, when, when did this all start? I mean, did, did, was it Donald Trump snapping his fingers one day? And this is an honest answer, Lou, and I've saved it for this podcast I mentioned. He said, there are three people, Lou Dobbs, Donald Trump and Michael Pillsbury. Those three voices saw this threat for a decade or two decades before anyone else did, and they've all turned out to be vindicated by the actions of the last three years. And so from a, um, from a member of the U.S. Intelligence Committee through this reporter to you, uh, you're on the same stage because your voice on China often uh, was a leading voice on, on the threat that was there. It was so obvious what was going on, but I think people were punch drunk with the money that China put into our markets. And, and, and uh, uh, but bravo to you. And I, you don't, you don't get enough credit well, and you don't you. give yourself any credit in the book because you're humble, but you were right on China for a long time before other people. Well, it's kind of you to say. And the great thing is that it's, we have a president, we have the great and good fortune to have a president who has great vision, uh, who has great values. As I said, he is a, a great, great patriot. But he he is insistent on putting Americans first. He told everyone, and no one believed him, uh, certainly on the left, right. uh, that he would restore prosperity for all Americans. And he said it with passion and with, uh, in my opinion, absolute commitment. And he delivered the lowest unemployment rates for all Americans and all demographics. Uh, and and the truth is China unleashed a, a virus on the world that is the yeah. same as, in my opinion, murder, because they could have warned the world. They chose not to. They lied to the world when it was deadly and they said it wasn't. And when they said it wouldn't uh, uh, be human to human transmission, and it was. It's, this is a president who had the guts to stand against everyone, including his best experts, and say we're going to ban travel from China, and then later ban travel uh, travel from Europe. He is a man who's willing to stand against all to do the right thing for this country, and uh, that is in and of, of itself historic. It is, and and uh, what I love about the book is you're surveying over the America. You, you know, we often look at presidencies in terms of four, or eight years, because the Constitution and the courts don't allow us to go beyond eight years for any one president. Right. But you see this as a century change, and I wonder if you could talk about some of the realignment that this Trump century has now created. I mean, one thing is pretty obvious: Republicans are the party of the middle class, of blue collar workers, increasingly of um, aspiring and prospering Hispanics and, and blacks. I think they're going to be the surprise voting electorate in this election. What other alignments uh, do you see in this, you know, you call this a century realignment, not a quarter century like Reagan, a century right. realignment. What are the other realignments you see? The, the fundal real, uh, realignments, I think, again, excuse me, begin first and foremost with the fact that he is a populist. Uh, he is 
he absolutely is on the side of the American people. Uh, that's expressed as uh, America first. It's expressed as make America great again. Uh, it is expressed uh, as, you know, whether it's in the Bill of Rights and his insistence that those rights be preserved for all Americans. Uh, he is he is a man who has brought great intelligence and talent and energy to the office of president that means uh, for decades to come, uh, people are going to be judged against him. This is a man who's put in more hours in the Oval Office in the White House working uh, dawn to, to dusk um, and beyond every day. Uh, it, it is just incredible to see what he does. Every judge, every person who wants to be president, including Joe Biden, is going to be judged. Biden is in a basement of his home in Delaware. <laughs> is. And this president is in seven states in a week, yeah. rallying his uh, his supporters, his base, and the country. This is not even a fair fight for Joe Biden. And when you hear the polls, and you know polling, <laughs> John, I mean, yeah. these, these, these polls are ridiculous. Yeah, they are. Uh, and, and we know why the, the reasons are, are immense, but amongst them is conservatives uh, and patriotic Americans don't want to be ridiculed, mocked, or threatened. And they don't want any part of uh, re even responding to the polls. Yep. Um, we'll see what happens on November 3rd, but I think it's going to be a victory for this president and for this country by a wide margin. It, um, I, I think that uh, you're seeing, so, I mean, you look at some of the, the panic that the Democrats have about Hispanics in Florida, uh, the panic that African Americans are moving to the Republican Party in, in numbers we haven't seen in a while. Right. And then you, uh, there, there's a fundamental realignment of even the elector, uh, electoral blocks. And uh, I guess that's why mail-in voting and other tactics are being thrown out there, because the traditional ways that we've held our elections are being, once again, disrupted by a very disruptive president. He's, um, I have a funny feeling we're going to wake up on November 3rd and see a, uh, an entire new uh, electoral block that will, will define the future of America for some time. Yeah. One of the his things... Oh, yeah, go ahead, sir. Yeah. yeah. His alignment with the American people is fundamental, and his break... Uh, is taking the Republican Party away from corporate America uh, and uh, from U.S. multinationals and Wall Street. Yep. It is, and that is critically important because he has the courage to take on these uh, concentrations of powers that are monopolistic, at least uh, oligopolistic. Uh, and, and again, that is in the American tradition. Uh, and, and go back to uh, Teddy Roosevelt and the important work that he did to prevent what uh, three presidents permitted, that is uh, Clinton, Bush, and Obama, and that is further consolidation of political power uh, and economic power in the hands of too few. Uh, he's writing that as well. It's just uh, he's taken on the entire establishment for the working man and woman, the American middle class, and their families. Uh, it, it's a it's a historic, uh, historic achievement, and it's one that it means that the Republican Party can build on it uh, for decades. Uh, it also means that a lot of things are going to have to shift over the next uh, four years on Capitol Hill as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you can see that in the lineup of candidates that uh, the Republicans have managed. They, they didn't do a very good job in 2018 on Paul Ryan's watch. They could have kept the House, I think a lot of people think, but uh, especially with the effort that Donald Trump gave in campaigning. But the quality of candidates that they had that year were so weak. And you can see that the Republican parties have uh, the committees, the Senate and um, House committees have worked very hard to find candidates that run with their president that can speak the same America first uh, populist message that has become the message of the Republican Party. And I think that House, those congressional and Senate races are going to be fun to watch because they could be a bellwether of whether this is a, a ground shifting a ground shifting tectonic election, which it, I think it has the potential to be. I don't I don't think people are prepared for what's about to happen. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I can only, you know, as I look back, and one shouldn't spend too much time doing that, but 2018, right. uh, there was a phony uh, special counsel investigation yeah. underway, all sorts of allegations by the left-wing media, and they stole, the, the radical Dems just simply stole that election. And uh, the Republican leadership, particularly on Capitol Hill, was uh, frankly woefully inadequate to the challenge. Uh, and that 
I think uh, there was no sense whatsoever, uh, no reason, no justification for losing the House. And I think that the margins could have been improved in the Senate as well had they run with the president. Uh, but they chose not to. I ho and I am praying that that, uh, that lesson is not lost this year because it's important that we preserve uh, the Senate uh, and regain the House. Yeah, and, and there are some hopeful signs if you're a Republican. Certainly the Orange County special election race where one of those Trump districts were flipped back is um, is a sign that if you get the right candidate and you're aligned, you're not running against each other. The Republican message in those 30-plus uh, Trump districts that really swung the 2018 race could, could couldn't home this, uh, this election. That'll be a very important dynamic to watch. I want to let you go because I know you have— Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Lou. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just saying absolutely. I'm in total yeah. agreement. Talking with Kevin McCarthy the other day, uh, the House Minority Leader, he identified 30 districts uh, that President Trump won uh, and uh, in, in the last election in 2018, and uh, where he expects to be able uh, to bring home 17 seats, which would change the balance of power uh, in, in the House. Pretty remarkable to even have that conversation from where we were, let's say, uh, a year ago when uh, everyone was talking about the Democratic tsunami, which, by the way, never happened. Um, yeah. What's most interesting to me, and, and uh, again, this is another issue where years before other people came to appreciate it, you saw the... Uh, what I would say, the weaponization and the evolution of a, go a permanent, uh, permanent government bureaucracy becoming a democratic constituency. And so, you know, the Democrats have always had the unions. They've increasingly had the news media in, the, in their pocket. Uh, they've, they've traditionally had the African-American and Hispanic vote. Trump is eating away at that. But yep. the new element that I think, uh, and you were talking about this, I can remember years ago being on your show and you warning of this, is the idea that we have a permanent bureaucracy in government who feels it's its job to impose its will on the political system, the election system. The, how do we reclaim agencies like the FBI, the CIA, that traditionally stayed out of politics and were America first agencies, did their job and didn't feel political? How do we get rid of that Andy McKay, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page mentality that we have not only the tools of government, but the weapons of power to change pol politics? How concerned are you and how do we change the dynamic in the civil service? It is one of the, the the critical challenges the president will have to take on in, the, in his second term uh, in order to govern as effectively as, uh, as he can and must. Uh, it means that we have to look at uh, what this, this alliance between the Democrats and the deep state or the interagency, if you prefer, right. uh, because it has become a power unto itself. Uh, for example, when Nancy Pelosi says that uh, the Postal Service will be election central and that mail-in voting is uh, the answer and the requisite uh, for 2020, she's doing so because she knows that would give Democrats and the deep state control over the election. Yeah. To say the post office would be election central, that means that secretaries of state and election boards all across the country would be turning over voting to uh, seven postal uh, employee unions and a postal service that can't even deliver efficiently the mail itself. Yeah. And the post office has already acknowledged they can't guarantee the arrival of either ballots uh, to be uh, sent back by voters or, or uh, the delivery of those uh, those ballots to even the proper place. We're putting our entire democracy uh, uh, at the edge of the abyss with this, <laughs> That's a great and, and doing so, doing so in the most uh, egregiously corrupt manner imaginable. Those unions are—I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all—that uh, the Democrats would even think they could get away with it. They now not only think they could get away with it, they're planning uh, out uh, their victory celebration uh, on the issue. Not on the election, but right. on the issue. Right. Uh, and the courts, the Supreme Court, is going to have the last say on this, and uh, and on that, the republic, uh, the republic depends. You um, you feel pretty confident that these uh, that this election will end up in the courts, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Uh, and it's going to be, I think, uh, you know. The Justice Department right now should have a plan 
to have attorneys, and I'm talking about Justice Department attorneys, not just simply the party attorneys, right. but the justice attorneys uh, in every, every contested uh, competitive race in, in the country, uh, at the you know at the polling stations everywhere. Uh, it's going to take thousands of them, and they better have them ready because it's going to be a mess. Yeah. This we're watching are a just a, a wave of attempted intimidation of voters in the form of the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, riots, uh, the uh, Antifa. Uh, riots, the looting, the burning—it's—it's uh, it's obscene. The murders uh, and the attack on law enforcement. This is all a this is all a a predicate for what uh, many on the left, the extreme left, want to see happen. That if Donald Trump does win, they mean to take to the streets and uh, and make this a nightmare for the entire nation. One even worse than what we've experienced to this point. It is remarkable what we've already been through just this summer, but uh, it does yep. seem like the, 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 the wisdom of the American people is beginning to prevail, whether it's on the violence and the riots and the uh, anarchy uh, or just the good common sense policies that we've been um, following the last few years. Lou, I am so grateful you're on. This book is an absolute treasure. It's a great gift to the American people. Folks, if you haven't got it, go to Amazon.com, go to LouDobbShop.com. That's where I got my book, The Trump Century, How One President change the course of history forever. It is a must read as you head into the last 50, 40 days of this election. Uh, Lou, thank you for all you do as a great journalist, as a great Fox host, and, uh, and now as, again, another great author, another great book by, by one of my favorites. God bless you, and thank you so much. God bless you, John, and thanks for all you do. And uh, it's just uh, been great talking with you. Thanks so much yeah, for the opportunity. You too. Much, much obliged. All right, folks, we're going to come back in a few seconds and wrap things up. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. What an experience having Lou Dobbs in the house today. A very important discussion about elections, electoral strategy, and of course, uh, all things Trump uh, and all things China, a very important issue that I think is going to play out in the election in the next few months. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday. I wouldn't be surprised if we had a special guest involved in that Ukraine report. That's a tease. Yes, I'm teasing you. But we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the revelations in the Johnson-Grassley-Ukraine investigation, the Johnson-Grassley-Russia investigation. Guess what? There may be an angle on Russia with Hunter Biden. Let's get it all out there tomorrow. We'll talk about it. Hopefully, I have a very special guest. Until then, be safe, be healthy, be happy. And thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports. And when you need that news fix, remember to go to justthenews.com, a great place to get breaking news day and night. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.